Okay, good deal. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Right. Wait, I forgot. Do I go now or no? <clears throat> Once again, welcome back to another Timeless classic morning star show episode featuring me, Super Slot 75. I am your gracious host. Uh, first, I want to give a shout out to Rod on the boards. Secondly, the slave driver herself, Cindy, on the on, on the uh production side of things. Um, we are on uh SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and now out now I have radio for their replays. Uh, find us on www.onthewakeupradio.com. Also, please donate two dollars, five dollars, a dollar, ninety-nine cents. It doesn't matter. Any amount that will go to website and airtime. It's a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. If you appreciate the free content, please help us keep the message uncensored and free. You can always donate through PayPal at onthewakeupradio at gmail.com. The call-in number is always 646-547-1305. Uh, you can find me under uh YouTube at Superslot75. Merchandise is always available at teespring.com forward slash Superslot75. I have the sniffles, y'all. Listen, I wasn't going to let the sniffles stop me. I have I no sleep. I'm tired as fuck, but whatever. Uh, so we're going to get through it. I'm going to bust these movies open for y'all, and it's going to be kind of a shortened show tonight because I got things to do, and I'm tired as fuck. So <clears throat> with that being said, uh, I'm going to get right into it. The first uh movie breakdown we're going to talk about netflix once again giving us uh probably some of the best content out original content uh damn near bar none we're gonna talk about in the tall grass that's right y'all 
in the tall grass. Uh, I was shocked to see that. Uh, I think his name is uh, the Conjuring guy. James Patrick, I think is that his name, he's Ocean Master in Aquaman. He's in this movie as well. I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, so in the tall grass, let's get into it. So you have a pregnant couple. Uh, her name, they're, they're driving to San Diego. They stop for a break, right, uh, in front of this church. And there's this church, has a bunch of parked cars there. This, the, the chick gets out, the pregnant woman gets out. She hears a little kid, you know, screaming for help. In the cornfield, in the grass. I'm sorry, in the grass. And then they debate. Uh, the, it's a brother and sister tandem. Okay. And it's Becky is the pregnant girl. Cal is her brother. They're debating if they should go in the grass and save the little boy. Because little boy's like, help, help, help. Becky wants to go do it. Cal's like, ah, not so much. But whatever. So Becky goes in. Cal follows her. They become uh, separated in the grass, right? And then um, Cal becomes frantic. He trips and falls into the mud. He discovers a dead dog named Freddy, okay? And the day they've been in the grass for so long, it, nighttime has fallen, okay? And then the little boy that comes out, his name is Ross. Ross finds Becky, and he says, oh, no, I'm sorry, Ross. Ross, not, Ross is not the little kid. Ross is James Patrick character, the husband. Ross finds Becky. He says, hey, I'm looking for my wife and kids. Okay. Uh, Cal meets Tobin. Tobin is Ross's son. So everybody's separated, right? You have a family. It's already separated. And then you got Cal and Becky. So Tobin meets Cal, the brother, Ross's son. And then Cal asks Tobin uh, if they lured them in. Because he thinks this is all a setup. Tobin says, no, he heard a man shouting and that's how it began. Okay. So then Tobin, uh, Toby's like, he tells Cal, uh, Becky will die soon. Cal asks, well, how did you know uh, his sister's name? And he says, the rock had told him and the tall grass knows everything. So the rock is the central figure in all this. The rock is the one main spiritual force whether it's positive or negative is your viewpoint, I, 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 I would suppose. Okay, so then Tobin, Toby says, I'll show you where Becky is. Okay, now it goes back to Becky and Ross. Becky finds a purse, medications, and a woman's scalp on the ground. And then Becky loses sight of Ross as they're going through the grass. And then she's attacked by something. And then Toby leads Cal to the rock. So the rock sits at the very epicenter of uh, in directly in the middle of the country. So the rock is at the most latitude, longitude uh, setting in the country. It, it, that's where its it center point is. OK, so then. OK, so Cal's about to touch the rock and then he hears Becky screaming and then he runs to find her. And Toby says, that's not the way to find her. Okay, so the next morning, we see a guy pull up. This is Travis. Travis, you don't know until further down the road that this is, he's the father of uh, Becky's child. Okay, he shows up at a gas station. He has a picture, shows the guy looking for uh, Cal and Becky. Uh, he finds their minivan parked at the side of the church. And so then he goes into the grass. Travis is pretty smart. So as Travis goes into the grass, he starts tying knots into the grass as he goes so he will not lose his weight 
but the grass unfolds the knots that he ties in behind him. Okay. And then, and then, and then. So Travis looks up, notices the sun is now behind him and not in front of him. Nightfall comes and then he meets Toby. Toby tells him, hey, listen for the others that are still trapped in the grass. But he says they're not connected to them. So it doesn't matter anyway. So basically, at the end of the day, this is a perpetual time loop. So let me just kind of cut to the chase a little bit. It's a perpetual time loop. You have future selves, past selves, other dimensional selves, alternate timelines. It's a just perpetual, perpetual time loop. So that's the, the gist of all this. Okay. So then um, Tobin asks Travis his name and he, he tells him, well, you don't remember me? Now, mind you, this Tobin is another version, is a, is a, is a later, ver is an earlier He's a later version. The earlier Tobin remembers Travis, okay? And so he's looking for Becky. And then Tobin agreed to show uh, Travis where Becky is and then tells him to uh, tells him to stay close. They're going through the grass. Travis finds uh, Becky's dead body. Tobin says the grass makes dead things easier to find because the grass cannot move dead things. Once you die in the grass, you pretty much are there, okay? And then Travis wakes up the next day next to Becky's body. Travis hears other people on the other side of the road. Future Tobin hears Travis pleads for help to help Tobin and then tells his mom, hey, that he knows my name. So now, mind you, this is another time loop where Tobin's out on, uh, on the road, right? They come out to church. The dad, Ross, walks in with his cell phone. So Tobin hears Travis in the grass. This is another version of, of Tobin, another loop. He says, mom, this, this man knows my name. So, of course, this little son of a bitch runs his ass up in the, in the grass. <laughs> um, okay. So then, Rod, that's when you see Ross walking with the, with the cell phone. Freddie runs in the grass. The dog. Okay, the dog, the dead dog you saw earlier. This version of the dog runs into the grass. The boy follows. The mother follows. And then, of course, the daddy follows trying to find everybody. Okay. So then Travis tells Russ and Tobin to get out of the grass. Uh... Okay, Russ is still looking for his family when he comes across the rock. And then he, he skips forward to when Cal and Becky first pull up to the field across from the church. Another loop. Okay, so then back to Travis. He hears Becky and Cal. Becky also uh, has led us to how they got there before them. Okay, so Travis meets him. He's like, hey, um, I was looking for you guys. And she was like, well, we, we've only been here for a day. And he says, no, you guys have been gone for three months. Okay. Uh, he explains to them they never showed up to San Diego. And then they surmise they've been, yeah. So three months have passed. They never showed up to San Diego. That's why Travis came looking for him. Okay. But to them in the grass, it's been a day or two. All right. Uh, Travis hosts uh, told, uh, Tobin to show him the shoulder. Tobin sees a building. And then they walk towards the building. OK, so then Cal's phone rings. You hear a woman on the phone screaming garbled talk. This would be a key point coming back into it later on. And then they hear a woman screaming and then they're walking away. They're being uh, they're being watched by the grass people. And then Becky starts spotting and then she falls out. She has visions and then Russ shows up to give her CPR. Tobin. 
best. I mean, I'm sorry, Tobin, uh, Russ, Becky, Cal, and Travis together. Different versions of them, but they're together. Uh, Russ is a real estate agent. Uh, they find out he plays rock and roll. He tries to determine its age. Uh, they surmise the rock is pretty old. But the carvings, there's a carving on the rock where it has people lifting up the pregnant woman. Okay. Okay, so they determine that they're the exact center of the Americas. Not America, but the Americas, Canada, Mexico, Canada, Mexico, U.S. They are the exact epicenter of the Americas. Okay. And then all of a sudden, Natalie shows up and tells Russ to stay away. Natalie is the mother and that he's been lying. Natalie says she's seen Becky and that she's dead. Then Russ turns green and tries to convince the others to touch the rock. Ross asks Travis, how do you get here? Because the rock wouldn't let it find us unless it wanted to. Travis attacks Ross. Travis then crashes Natalie's head, crushed her head. So, so he has her in the headlock sort of. And then he's like, you know, it's okay, son. We're all grass. And he crushes his wife's head in his hands. And then Tobin, Travis, Becky, and Cal make it to a grocery store. Travis and Cal kind of air out their grievances. Okay, so now the weird thing is Cal and Becky. Well, Cal has this very weird, incestuous, uh, possessive vibe over his sister, Becky, much like Scarface. You know, Scarface, a very weird, incestuous vibe with his sister. I can't have her as a woman, my woman, so I can't let nobody have her. So uh, there's this weird vibe with, 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 with Cal towards Becky. So at one point, they make it to the rooftop of the store, and then they can see the road, and they can see the time skip. So they see the dog, Freddy, go in a time loop, and he disappears on the other side, okay? So then Travis trips ahead, uh, traps and catches Cal. So Cal is his, his holding Travis to, to keep Travis from falling off the, off the, off the, uh, the roof of the store. Cal lets Travis go. Travis hits the ground. He's knocked the fuck out. Okay. So then Becky realizes Cal did something to Travis. Russ chases Cal into the grass. Russ then strangles Cal. Travis wakes up from his fall and makes the peace uh, with Becky. They kind of patch things up. Becky tells Travis the reason she was going to San Diego was to put the child up for adoption. Okay. Moving on, Rust then attacks Becky. Becky stabs Rust in the eyes, and he, and basically he's like, I, I didn't need the eyes anyway. I can see. Okay, he escapes somehow. Becky is surrounded by the grass people, and then is taken to the rock. Allah like this the, the statue carvings on on the rock. Becky makes a phone call to Travis, and it's the future Becky that answered the phone. So remember. Becky answered the phone. Her phone had rang and there was a woman screaming garbled. It's the future time loop Be uh, Becky that, that called her. Okay. So then Becky gives a uh, birth as shown on the rock. The grass people, uh, the ground opens up and you can see all the bodies that have uh, died in the grass. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's just feet and feet and feet of just bodies. Okay. And they're all reaching up for, for Becky. Then Becky wakes up and it's Cal holding the baby okay cal is feeding her he's feeding her but what she doesn't realize is he's feeding her the baby 
because she's so out of it. You know, she didn't realize she's eating her own child. Okay. So then Travis runs back into the grass looking for Becky. Travis finds Becky's body. Tobin says, hey, he knows his dad's gonna is, is a killer and gonna kill her and Cal. Travis calls out for Russ. Russ beats up Travis. Travis then strangles Russ. Travis then touches the rock and becomes infected with the spirit of the grass. So he becomes enlightened. When you touch the rock, you see all the openings in the grass. When you touch the rock, it's almost like an eyeball. You know how the human eye, the iris pupil lens, and you got the veins that shoot out of it. So when you touch, when you touch the rock, all the openings in, in the time skips, it opens up. You know the escape, the escape routes. He has the knowledge now. Okay. That's what that's what uh Russ was possessed with. Okay, so then Travis tells Tobin to not let Becky in and that he does uh he doesn't belong here. This is the future Tobin that he, he he's gonna help break the cycle, okay? Because Travis pretty much deemed Tobin worthy. Uh, to, of to, to escape uh, the, the time skip, okay? So then he gives him uh, his guitar necklace as proof that he was here. So then Tobin all of a sudden walks out of the church, into the pew, out of the church, and then it skips back to the very beginning when Cal and Becky first arrived at the church. They hear Tobin in the grass screaming for help. And then all of a sudden, future Tobin comes out of the church and he says, hey, don't don't go in there. Stop. Don't go in the grass. And she's like, little boy, where the hell you come from? Who are you? And he said he tells her their names. He knows their names. She's like, how do you know our names? He gives her the necklace that Travis gave him. So Becky's looking like this shit, like, holy cow. So then Cal, Becky and Tobin uh, decide uh, basically Cal and Becky decide to keep the baby. OK, so Becky says, you know what? Skin the cars get out of here. So instead of going to San Diego, she says, let's go back. So because she decided to go back, she breaks the time skip. She breaks the loop. So she breaks the perpetual loop of them repeating the cycle all over again. So then as they go back um, and then goes back to Travis, Travis is all beat up and cut and stabbed. He's pretty much dying. He lays down and dies and the grass swallows him up. And Travis uh, basically sacrificed himself so to make sure that Tobin could break the loop. Unfortunately, Travis is dead, dead. Okay. His loop does not break. Uh, he is in the grass. He, he, he's a dead man. So he sacrificed himself to make sure they got the loop. It was kind of a trippy thing. I had to watch it twice, um, to make sure I was seeing everything I was seeing. That is Netflix's in, what is it, what's it called? Into the grass. In the tall grass, in the tall grass, it was trippy. It was trippy. If you're bored, watch it. Maybe you'll see what I'm talking about. Maybe you can see things earlier than what I saw. Some things kind of were kind of obvious. And then towards the end, I was like, ah, okay, I see what they did there. Oh, I see what they did there, there. Okay, cool. In the tall grass, Netflix. Now, the second movie. This is, I'm going to take my time with this one. Now, Y'all know about, we always talk about uh, there's always human flesh in the, in the meats, right? There's not enough uh, beef and cattle, not enough pork to feed every human on the planet. That is a fact. There's not enough animals to feed everybody on the planet. So we all are aware of 
people going missing and you have running the, the, the chance of you eating flesh when you eat uh, beef, uh, whatever the case may be, right? So every time the discussion comes up, people always holler, Soylent Green, Soylent Green, right? Because I guess in Soylent Green, they're, they're, you know, they're eating people without no, realizing it. And I'm like, I've never seen this movie before. And it, I kind of got, I kind of get pissed off and ticked off that people keep mentioning this movie to me. And they only focus on that one part of what they remember. Okay, this is an old flick. This, this movie came out in 1973, Charlton Heston. Okay. So I, I said, you know what? I'm going to watch this movie because I, I don't think people give it enough proper context as to why this movie is the way it is. Why do you only remember one part of this very long ass movie? Okay. So I'm going to break this shit down. We're going to go step by step and explain Soylent Green. 1973, Charlton Heston. Okay. You know, uh, you can pry this gun from my cold dead hands. NRA Charlton Heston. Okay. Now, <laughs> opening scene is a caption. The year is 2022. New York City. The population is 40 million. 40 million. Okay. So, it, like I said, 1973. So then it's, you hear uh, an announcement saying first stage removal. Streets are prohibited to non-permit in one hour. Then there's a commercial for Soylent Red and Soylent Yellow. And then Soylent Green is introduced as a high-energy plankton gathered from the oceans of the world. So everyone thinks they're eating plankton. Okay, if you know what plankton is, it's what the whales eat. Plankton is high in protein. Yada, yada, yada. It's good for you. Okay, so then it also states there are 20 million unemployed people in New York. Okay. And then the company, uh, Soylent is the name of the company. Now this guy named Saul, he's an old man. Saul reminisces about being able to buy actual meat and vegetables. The electricity is run by, um, human, human perpetual motion. So Saul has to pedal his exercise bike to generate electricity for them to use the lights flicker. And that's your cue to get on the bike to pedal to generate enough electricity to have so you can read, write, do whatever the fuck you need to do. Okay. All right. So then <laughs> outside their apartment, there are literally homeless people sleeping on the floor, on the stairs, uh, on the first level. Like you literally have to step around people. That's how uh, overpopulated the, new, the city of New York is in this particular movie. Now, mind you, Saul is a uh, human resources guy. He's like a, a human book. His partner and friend is Thorne, played by Charlton Heston. Thorne is a cop. Now, imagine a cop lives in an apartment that's infested outside by homeless people sleeping literally on top of each other. Okay. And then you hear baby sounds. It's just a fucked up dystopian uh, uh, imagery when, if you see this movie. Okay. So then uh, it cuts to another scene, the very nice part of New York. There's a lady named Miss Cheryl, and she wants to surprise her, her guy, uh, Mr. Simonson, by buying him a real piece of beef. Okay? That just goes to show how hard it is to get real meat in this particular movie, in this, in this, uh, in, in this future. Okay? So then... Um, I mean, it's a bean breaks into okay. 
So then Smith breaks into Mr. Simonson's apartment. There's a guy named Smith. And there's a guy named Donovan. Donovan tells Smith, hey, do this, this, and this. Here's this meat hook. Go do what you need to go do. Smith breaks into Mr. Simonson's apartment. And Smith tells him he's been unreliable. Smith then beats Simonson over the head until he's dead. Okay. Thorne is investigating Simonson's murder. Uh, Thorne questions the bodyguard named Tab. And then he questions Miss Sherl. Miss Sherl is like an escort, a high-end escort. And then um, they refer to women like her as furniture. Okay. They're called furniture. Why is that? Because they come with the apartment. Okay. It's like a furnished apartment. You have the furniture. You have the woman. And they refer to as furniture. If you don't like the woman, you replace her. So there's. Oh, shit. Uh-oh. Uh oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. White supremacy. Sorry. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I'm cooking. I'm cooking. All right. So, uh, Thorn questions Tab, uh, Miss Cheryl. Uh, okay. Sanitation comes in to dispose of Simonson's body. Thorn's apartment uh, stairs are littered with homeless people. Thorne, uh, okay, so then as the sanitation is taking the guy's body out, Thorne is pretty much ransacking the apartment. They live in, you know, the elites is where this guy, Simonson, lives, okay? So he's stealing, not even so much stealing, he's just ransacking the place, food, um, silverware, all the shit you take for granted. Uh, he's taking this shit, wine, this dude steals jelly, everything, okay? He takes paper, pencils. He took two volumes. This is key. Two volumes of Soylent Oceanographic Reports and bourbon, vegetables, and the, pe and the piece of beef that Cheryl had bought for Simonson. Um, okay. So then the chief of detectives uh, is talking to Thorne. He's like, yo, you want me to replace Saul? Saul's pretty old. And then Saul, and then Thorne's like, no, I, I like him. He's good. He's good. Okay. So then it's Tuesday. So every Tuesday, people are in line for Soylent, um, for all the Soylents, okay? And then, so then Tab, the bodyguard, is following Thorn. Now, Tab works for the, the Soylent Corporation, all right? So then Thorn goes to Tab's apartment. Tab is not home. Tab also has a piece of furniture himself. It's a sister. Could be something, could be nothing. All right. Uh, her name is Martha Phillips. She answers the door and he says, uh, oh, you, you must be an escort or whatever. He says, no, I'm furniture. So she too is furniture. All right. So Saul and then Thorne have dinner with all the produce and, and the vegetables and the beef that Thorne had stolen from Simonson's apartment. So Saul's like, oh, my God. Now, mind you, Saul's an old man. So he hasn't had a piece of real food in some decades, this was pretty much before Saul. I mean, before Thorn was born. That's how long he's been without real food. Okay, so then Saul's going through Simonson's files. Soylent controls the world's food supply. Simonson was on the board of directors. Thorn is being followed. Donovan, the guy who supplied Smith with the meat hook to kill Simonson, uh, tells the chief of police 
they want full cooperation from the police department. They want this shit to go away. Chief is like, okay, not a problem. Okay. Thorne returns to Simonson's apartment to discover Cheryl and other furnitures are having a spa day. So they're back at Simonson's old Sam Simonson's apartment. All the furniture are having a good old time. Okay. They're pampering themselves. It's a girl, it's a furniture girl's day. All right. So then Thorne shows up. He likes Swirl. Swirl is like, okay, whatever. They go into the bedroom. They're having sex. So then the apartment complex manager, a.k.a. Pimp, comes in. And then he sees what's going on with the women. And then he slaps one of them. He punches the other one in the stomach. Then out comes Thorne. And, uh, and then uh, he's like, hey, uh. You know, you ain't got to do, why are you doing all this? He's like, oh, Thorne, I didn't know it was you. I didn't know you were here. And then he said, you know, no, would you like it if I was slapping you? What? How would you know I didn't call them all here for questioning? So he covers for the girls, right? So then, you know, the, the pimp, he, he's upset, but he can't, he can't whoop on a dude. So Thorne basically flexed on, on, on the pimp guy. Pimp guy leaves. The girls all go. Thorne spends the night with Cheryl, Okay. And then uh, as Thorne goes back home, Thorne finds a little toddler that's tied to a rope to her dead mother. Okay. Thorne takes the child to the church. All the while, the little girl, the little, the little baby, the toddler is like, mama, 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 the mama's dead. Okay. Takes to the church, church, the pastor, man, the pastor was the last person to speak with a Simonson in a confession. Simonson confessed the real deal about Soylent to the pastor, okay? So Thorne is like asking the pastor, hey man, um, do you know who Simonson is? And do you remember him being here? Listen, the pastor is, he, he, he is, he, listen, he, he didn't, he's dealing with too much shit. You know, this man gets confessions all day, all night, doesn't remember much of anything. So he's just here to be here, okay? It's like, I, whatever, whatever the case may be. Okay, so then, case is going on. Okay, Thorne leaves. Goes back to back to work. The chief tells Thorne, the Simonson case is closed. He wants Thorne to sign off on the case. Thorne refuses to sign off on the case. That's not good. Donovan meets with the governor, Santini, and tells Santini, Thorne won't sign off on it, and he's becoming worried about Simonson's confession being revealed. He tells Donovan to do what he has to do. A tab is sent to the church for a confession. As the preacher man goes into the confessional booth, Tab shoots him in the head during the confession, walks out of the, out of the, out of the confession booth. Nothing happened, right? <laughs> Thorne is on riot patrol as punishment for not signing off on the, uh, on the case. So then Soylent Green has run out of um, so the Soylent Corp Corporation has run out of Soylent Green. They have run out of Soylent Green. The people go ape shit. Okay. The, the crowd gets angry. Riots break out. The scoops are brought in. What the fuck are the scoops? The scoops are basically garbage trucks with the front loaders that load from the front and then load it towards the back. They're brought in. They, they literally start scooping people into the back of the, of the garbage trucks. So then uh, Smith, the guy that killed Simonson, tries to take, tries to assassinate Thorne. They're shooting at each other. He's hitting innocent people. Blah 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 blah. Shoots Thorne in the in, in the leg, 
And then as, 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 as Smith is about to shoot his last shot, he gets squashed by a scoop. <laughs> it was it was funny. You just had to see it. Oh, we got a caller already. Uh, yeah, let's take the call. Caller, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, man, this is BMT. I'm enjoying uh, this, um, the movie uh, review that you're giving, man. My man. Uh, that's, very, that's very spot on. Uh, we talked about that when I, was, when I used to be in the military. Uh, we had a protocol if everybody were to get that bad. Uh, but most of the guys laughed at it, but, uh, we always knew that, uh, one of the oldest, um, uh, uh, commanders said the military never makes protocol unless it's something that they've already tested or tried out, you know, because these things do happen in the world. I know it's a film and films are like the best way to, uh, get the truth out there. Nobody would ever suspect it, you know, and, um, I just find that very unaffected. When you're talking about uh, Yo, BMT I lost BMT When you're talking about You know, looking at it How we are now If you can can dehumanize people Which we already are At that level I lost BMT I lost him. Flatline, clear. Well, yeah, my man was my man was about to, he was about to drop some stuff because it, BMT is former military, so he knows the tricks in the, of the trade. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you calling in, brother. Sorry, we we lost the call. Uh, no, you good? We we can hear you now. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, I was saying like in some countries. I know some of the people don't understand, but in some countries, you can sell a little girl or a little boy for less than 50 bucks. And that's in Africa and certain South, uh, South Chinese, uh, South Asian countries. So you got to understand the, the. And that's you don't know what you're eating, you know, and this is very telling about this kind of um, story. Um, this is very telling about this type of story because that is the easiest way to get rid of people or how to get rid of, uh, how to feed livestock is with human consumption. So, um, I don't know, man. How, what do you think about that? Do you think that is something possible down in the future with, if resources keep going the way it's going? Yeah, especially if they don't find ways to kind of curb the population growth, especially in, in you know, let's be honest, in urban areas, you'll see that to happen before you see it out in the out in the country per se. BMT. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. I can. Yeah. Like no, and, and I think the thing about it, nobody wants to admit, and I think the thing. About- Lost him again. They are, they are holding them back tonight. We keep laughing at these things. Right. We, we keep laughing at these things all the time. Like, oh, don't worry. We'll be here forever. This and that. But let's look at the laws and the things that are getting passed. And things happen for a reason. So when they're worried about population control, 
uh, and certain things of, hey, you women, y'all can do X, Y, and Z, or you know what, we encourage a lot of you men, if y'all want to travel, go ahead and leave, because we need to start spreading out the resources, because there's really not enough. And um, another big thing, I'm not sure a lot of people understand, but big pharmaceutical co um, companies, as well as um, um, Milton Bradley and a lot of these um, companies, they have their hands into everything, where now the government can't realistically even push them if they wanted to. They can't get rid of them. So most things are, in a sense, are being progress, uh, privatized. Uh, before I left out of the military, uh, a lot of my buddies, they were getting hired on as privatized uh, soldiers for different people. I think I was offered um, I was offered at least about um, $4,000 a week if I watched over this family. I mean, it was good money, but the way how the family uh, treated a lot of their uh, bodyguards wasn't worth the dollar. I mean, not for me. But some other some other younger soldiers, they wouldn't turn that that money down. And I feel like this we're going to probably head down that path soon enough. Uh, where it's like if you're not worth anything or you can't produce, the best thing you could possibly do is probably be part of uh, the system because a lot of people who get their social security um, card don't know your 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 livestock. Realistically, I don't. But you're no more than livestock. That's why the cold. That's why the black market. Uh, a baby only costs a black baby is only worth damn uh, thirty five hundred dollars. I'm just sorry. That's how much a black baby's worth. Um, why to get a damn if a, if a kid disappears, especially a black child. So this type of uh, ideology and thought process, um, we are we are not too far from that. I do know uh, some countries in the Middle East where you know. I mean, shit. Uh, I'm eating their baby. So, that's in our Bible. So, don't think that this shit ain't, this shit never happened in history. Russia did it. Different countries have done it where they started eating their kids or they did whatever they had to do to eat the poor. So, BMT. Okay. Right, right, right. Now that's that's what's up. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's real shit. I know, but um, I'll let you go. Uh, I was gonna ask, um, uh, and if you wanted to, could you one day cover uh an anime called Vinland Saga? I think that's something that'll be up your fancy. What's it called? Uh, it's of it's of Norse origin. Vinland Saga. Okay, gotcha. It is very, it's a very dark, it's a very dark um, anime. I think, but you'll love it a lot. Do me you'll a favor, type. Do me a favor when you get a chance. Type it in. Type yeah. yeah type uh, type it into the chat for me when you get a chance. I got you. I got you, brother. My man, I appreciate that, bro. All right. Yes, sir. Peace. Yo, that's my man. DMT talks. I like I like his stuff. He's former military, so he's got he's got knowledge. All right, so let me get back to uh okay, so so we got the assassination attempt on what's his name? Thorn. Uh that failed. Okay, so Smith got crushed. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, okay, wait a minute. 
Then you see, so like, ah, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ah, I lost my, I lost my notes. Son of a bitch. Okay, so Thorn runs off. Tab is following him. All right, so then they get into a the so Tab. So Thorn goes back to Tab's apartment because at this point he knows uh, Tab is 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 in on it. They have a fight. Thorn gets beaten up. Uh, okay, they both get beaten up. He beats him up. Oh, and beats up the furniture too. The furniture wanted someone she wanted some smoke, and he gave her some smoke too. All right. So then Thorn goes to Cheryl's, right? Uh, before that, you see Cheryl be introduced into her to her new owner, and then he's checking out the place, and she's like, "Well, how do you like? Is everything to your liking specifications?" He's like, yeah, oh, first, I mean, like, shout out to Lord Vell. Thank you for the uh, super chat, brother. Thank you. So then she's like, you know, he's like, well, what kind of girl are you? You know, I have, sometimes I have parties. I have business partners come over. I mean, are you, they like to have fun. Are you a fun girl? And she's like, I'm whatever you need me to be. Okay. So that's how she uh, takes on her new client, her new owner. All right. So then getting back to that, Thorne goes to Cheryl's. Saul, old man Saul goes to the book exchange. The book exchange is basically a bunch of old Jews that have all the knowledge of all the books. Okay. So then he takes reports to them, a bunch of women. Right. And then he, he asks, uh, he asks about the Soylent Oceanographic Survey Report. Saul finds out the truth that Simonson was, that the, the truth is Simonson was so bothered that the fact that they're, you know, using people for, for sustenance that he confessed to the preacher, man. The corporation said, okay, since you can't keep water, we need to get out. Of, you need to get, get, get you up out of here. And Simonson was okay with that. So when you see Smith come to kill him, he was like, you know, the corporation's mad at you. He's like, I understand. I failed him. I, I just, I'm not up to snuff. I get it. He actually kneels down so Duke can hit him in the back of the head because he already accepted his fate. Like he was done. He was done. He was like, I'm cool on this. I can't do it anymore. Okay. Saul finds out. Show me the new tenant. Saul goes to the Soylent factory, the corporation, to sacrifice himself. So then he go, you go into Soylent. It's like going to the spa. God damn it. Can you imagine going to the spa to, to euthanize your fucking self? That is exactly what the fuck just happened to Saul. Saul gets in there. They greet him and meet him with uh, open arms. They takes a shower. He eats some food. Right. He's dressed in white linen. They're so nice and so kind to him. They lay him on the bed. You have this big ass screen of nature. Right. All these nice, warm, soft, calming images right before the fuck you die. OK. <laughs> so then um, Thorne finds out he, he, he hitches a ride on one of the scoops. He sneaks his way into the soilant, into the factory. He sees where the bodies are being dumped into a vat of like liquid. Then he sees the conveyor belt. And then on one part of the level, you see just chips come out. Okay. Still, if you're not shocked, you may miss the connection. He beats up a couple of the workers, finds his way into where, where Saul is being hidden. He beats up another worker or two. He, you know, hits the monitor. He says, Saul, what are you doing? He says, you know, Thorne, I'm an old man. I'm tired. Um, you gotta tell, uh, you gotta tell these people the truth, right? 
Okay, so then from the same committee, you see soylent green chips on conveyor. Worker sees him fighting shoes, throwing shapes and calls. Okay, before he goes there, he calls the, the, the precinct, the 14th district, you know, his, his station. And then he calls Cheryl or Cheryl. And Cheryl says, I want to be with you. The fuck? <laughs> He's like, I want to be with you, dude, but I can't. I can't. It's not going to work because it's not going to work. <laughs> okay. So then Thorne tells his chief he's at the exchange. And then he gets into another shootout with Tab, the bodyguard. Right. So then he ends up killing Tab, but then Thorne's all shot to hell. Right. Uh, and his would be assassins, he kills everybody. Uh, homeless shelter. They get the fight in the homeless shelter. Uh, Thorne stabs Tab. Tab falls over. The chief shows up. Okay, now before the chief shows up, he's talking to Saul. Saul is like, look, I'm out. I'm out. I can't. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. He's like, man, you got to do that. Don't. So they watch the images together while Saul literally just dies right then and there. Okay, they haul his body off, right? So then the shootout, and then the chief shows up, okay? Chief shows up. Thorne tells chief, Chief Hatcher, he says, man, you got to tell the exchange. That Soylent Green is made out of people. And then Chief is like, okay, yeah, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. We're going to take care of you. They wheel him out. Mind you, this man is, is shot to hell, stabbed up. He's, you know, if he doesn't get medical attention, he's going to die out. He's going to bleed out pretty soon. So as they wheel him out, as they wheel him out, his last words is, Soylent Green is people. End scene. That is what everyone keeps wanting to, to talk about the soil and grief. That's the one line you remember out of that fucking movie. Like all you forget all this other extra other shit. Just this one part. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying like there's a little bit more to the movie than people uh, remember or care to kind of research a little bit further. You know what I'm saying? So what happened was Soylent decided to save whatever's left of the oceans, the wildlife, etc., they just they made a decision to use the biggest consumers of these items is humans. And if you think about it, that's the logical decision. Let's be honest. If you have a if your consumers outweigh your producers, yes, the consumers are a problem. So it's a logical step to preserving. Humanity thinning out the herd, thinning, calling the herd, whatever the fuck you want to call it. I'm not saying it's right, but let's be honest. If you're on the board of directors like this, and the situation is dire, uh, the earth is, is is resources are dwindling. Yes, you will make the decision. It's time to start using people as food. Sorry, not sorry. As long as you're not eating them, you're okay. Okay, that was Soil and Green, 19 motherfucking 73. Now, my last final breakdown for the night. This is, like I said, it's going to be a short show. What did I say? 90 minutes? We ain't going to make it 90 minutes. We're not going to make it. <laughs> We're not going to make it. <laughs> All right, this one particular movie y'all have been in my ass about for like the last month. For like the last month, y'all be like, yo, slide this movie here, man. Please do it. Please, please, please. Ain't nobody donated to me to ask. No one gave me money to fuel my fire to want to see, even though I, I, I do it for free because the movie is awesome. It's a classic movie. Still, okay, this final movie for the night, none other. 1986, Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child. 
Yeah, motherfucker, the golden child. Oh, oh, listen. Eddie Murphy, to me, is the goat of comedy. Listen, I'm, and I'm explaining my reasons why before I get into this shit real quick. Eddie Murphy is the goat of comedy to me because he took comedy and became a movie star off this shit. Let me explain something to y'all. The action comedy genre is because of Eddie Murphy. There's no such thing as action comedy genre without Eddie Murphy. The buddy, the cop buddy flicks. That's Eddie Murphy. Okay? Your lethal weapons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, what the fuck else? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Rush hours. Eddie Murphy. He did. He created a whole, a whole. Got another caller right before I'm about to cook these motherfuckers. That's, that's all good. Caller, what's going on? What's happening? Hey, um, I wanted to speak a little bit on uh, that food piece you were just talking about. Yes, sir. Uh, so I know you were talking about it a long time ago, um, and it's starting to catch wind. Uh, South Park actually just did a bit on um, feeding pretty much uh, people, but they, they, they call it goo to uh, the kids in our school now and now they're disguising um, the the goo with just, I mean, you can make it into anything pretty much, like how in that last movie you were just discussing. Yeah. And now they're giving it to our kids. So pretty much kids don't even really know what they're eating at this point um, other than what they put on the label. And I, I just was like, yeah. And you know, you know, let's let's when is uh, the world gonna burn? I'm uh, I'm gonna wait for that. You and me both. But, uh, that, that's all I wanted to put out there. Mm-hmm. I said you and me both. Yeah, so it's it's getting bad though because if if a trolling uh, cartoon is putting it out there. And most of, you know, my people, my, the people I'm around are not, you know, uh, I, I, I shouldn't even say, uh, woke. I should say they're, they're not there. They're <laughs> uh, not good. Right. No, I, we're in agreement. We're in agreement. But, uh, that's all. Yeah, but that's all I wanted to bring, um, bring you know, contribute to the show because I love it, and you know, I'm ready for that next movie uh, review. You, I'm on it. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you for the call. All right, all right. Back to cooking this steak. Now, I, I listen. I understand Bill Cosby. I spy. Listen, Eddie. Made it an actual genre, okay? On the movie, on the big screen, and then then, then there's a song called by by Cameron called "Home." Y'all remember Kanye's verse? Sweet brother Noom said, "Yeah, that's the, the Golden Child." Okay, thank Eddie Murphy for that. Okay, let's let's get into it. Let's get into this movie real quick. All right. So now, opening scene, you got Sardo Noom Spa, 
right? And they break into a Tibetan monastery where the golden child's being, um, that's where he, he resides. So it's his coronation. They bring in uh, the, the praise and honor to the, the golden child, whatever the case may be. The one monk brings him a bunch of beads to pick out from. He ends up picking the beads from the monk himself. He took his own beads. He took the monk's beads off and put them on. And everybody's like, oh, right? Okay, so this kid is, is pretty special. Yes, and we all know the golden child was played by a little boy. Supposed to be a girl. No, no, wait, no. That actually is a girl that played a little boy. Now, read into that what you want. Read into that what you want, whatever the case may be. Okay, 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 so now. The golden child's being coordinated. It takes the beads off the monk's neck. So then one of the monks brings him four dead birds. And then the golden child resurrects one of the birds. And then a bird flies up in, in, into the rafters and is just chilling. This bird is, 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 is crucial. Okay, this, this bird is important. All right. So then uh, Noomspa and they all break into the monk. They kill all the monks. They snatch the little boy up in a specially made cage, right? That lowers and cuffs because you can't, you can't let him touch you because if you let the golden child touch you, you basically under his possession, he can make you do whatever the fuck you want. To, he wants you to do. So he ends up touching one of the henchmen. One of the henchmen decide, you know, under the golden boys, uh, commands to fight against, uh, the invaders. Uh, they eventually kill the henchmen. Because Sardo told him, don't let him touch you. Touch the man, whatever the case may be. Okay, so then. So then. Okay. So then, during the attack, uh, Sardo was able to teleport uh, from one spot to the other. So you know this is, a not, this is a supernatural being that we're dealing with. This is not a human. Okay. So then, the bird, as they take uh, the golden child away, the little red bird flies off into the into the sky right it's still it's still a clue okay so then so we cut to la uh chandler gerald is the name of eddie murphy's character he's in la he finds missing children he's in la posting missing children posters he's wearing a black leather brimless hat we would call that a soft fez okay just that's just putting out that out there for you guys. So then Charlie finds the, so he's looking for a little white girl named Cheryl Mosley. Okay. Goes on his little TV show, and the TV host is not trying to give him any information, uh, not trying to give him airtime. He's like, Look, man, I'm trying to find this little girl named Cheryl. Cheryl, Cheryl, Cheryl Mosley. And uh, he's like, I don't give a fuck what y'all doing over here. Cheryl Mosley. Call this number, yada, yada, yada. So while he's on TV, there's this uh, investigator named Key Name. Now, listen, this woman. Y'all remember this woman, all my old heads. This woman was beautiful. Do you understand me? Her name was Charlotte Lewis. She's British. This heifer here, this was a gorgeous woman. Beautiful woman, beautiful woman. Okay, so now she's looking at Chandler on the TV, and she's taking notes because she's tracking the golden child's whereabouts, okay? So she sees Chandler. She's going to enlist his help for him to help uh, her find the golden child. Okay, so then we and then, but here's a, here's a, here's what here's what everybody missed. Dead ass, everybody missed this part. Before the scene ends, before the scene ends, the host asks this dude. He says, 
So you had a sex change. Cut scene. All y'all missed that. All y'all missed it. And if you said you did, you're lying. Okay. So then Kenang, she meets up with Chandler. She was like, hey, I need your help in finding the golden child. She explains that the child is special. Right? He's on the basketball court. He's playing with the little kids and whatever. And um, <laughs> she explains that it's a 400-year prophecy called the Nutra Ara. The prophecy explains that the golden child will be taken to the city of the angels to be rescued and that Chandler is the one to do so. The, he, uh, the one who is not an angel will rescue him. And it is he. All right. Uh, Chandler rebuffs her, please. She says it's his destiny to find the golden child. Uh, then so then later on, Chandler finds Cheryl's dead body. It's taking pics of the scene, the crime scene, the walls, the building, whatever the case may be that she has a yellow dragon tattoo. Come to find out Cheryl's body has been drained of blood. All her blood's gone. The neighbor says they reported a white van and constant murmuring. The constant murmuring they heard was the golden child must be surrounded at four corners of evil at all times, because if he is not, he is able to astral project. Okay, this is deep shit. This is 1986, man. So he must be kept at bay, four corners of evil, every day of the hour, or he can astral project. Okay. So then the van leaves, the murmuring stops. That's what they reported. Chandler finds oatmeal, and there's blood in the bottom of the oatmeal. And then, of course, Key Nang shows up at the crime scene. Uh, Cheryl died from blood loss. Key and uh, Chandler they go to meet at a diner. He tells her he's not taking the, the, the he's not taking the case. She tells him he's already working on it. She picks up one of his photos from the crime scene and she tells him this is a restraint cast and they must contain him physically and spiritually. Evil must be kept on him on four sides at all times, because if you don't, the golden child will actually project himself out of the situation. OK, he tells uh, Chandler, if you find Cheryl Killer, he'll find the golden child. Uh, he asks, why don't you? Why would you think there's blood in the oatmeal? She doesn't know. So then they go to Dr. Hong to get the answers. Uh, so he meets Kala. God damn it. This fucking name Kala. Kala <laughs> is a dragon lady. Uh, so <laughs> he asks, okay, what's up with the blood? Just she says uh, every thousand generations, a perfect child is born and a golden child he has come to rescue us from ourselves. He is the bringer of compassion. If he dies, then compassion will die with him. The world will become hell. Uh, okay. Then he asks her again, what, the blood, what does the blood mean? She says to him, nothing in the world can hurt him unless he were to pollute himself with anything unpure. Then he will become vulnerable. Okay. If he eats the blood, they can kill him. And then he makes a joke. He's like, hey, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing tonight? Because your silhouette's kicking. And she's, she kind of hisses and rattles and the whole place is shaking. And then Dr. Hong is like, in his, you know, is like, Allah, da, 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 right? To calm her down. Okay. So then Chandler's like, okay, that's a, that's a nice little uh, puppetry exercise. I don't believe what I just saw, but it, it looked real. Key tells him she is the librarian of the secret repository of the pal Kosen. she's over 300 years old he asked her okay how does she able to live this long she says one of her ancestors was raped by a dragon okay so back at the warehouse 
<laughs> the Golden Child Summit surrounded by four monks uh, chanting the, the evil murmurs. All right, inside of a huge sigil. Okay, one of the henchmen, uh, played by Randall Tex Cobb. Y'all remember him? Oh, old school bad guy, former boxer, right? He uh, is throwing rocks at the Golden Child. The Golden Child, you know, he puts his hand up and reflects the rocks. He's trying to shoot him at a, with, a, with a slingshot. He's 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 repelling the rocks. So then the, we all remember the scene, the, the the cutest scene in the whole fucking movie. Uh, the Golden Child animates a Pepsi can. The Pepsi can begins to sing and do its little thing thing. Of course, the henchman named Till, he's amused by it. And then in comes Sardo and stomps the can out. <laughs> and tells Till to take his toys and go play elsewhere. And then Sardo tells the golden child, you will eat at some point. Now, how is uh, the golden child able to resist eating the oatmeal for so long? The golden child was hiding bay leaves in his, in his uh, sleeve pocket. So he would pluck a leaf off every day. And that will sustain him for an entire day. Okay. So then knock the pips can squash by Sardo. Knock out the man. Okay. So then one of the monks falls out from exhaustion. So then, of course, the golden child was able to astral project to Chandler at his home. He's floating. He comes. He, you know, okay. So Chandler goes to his window. There's a bright light. He opens the, the shade. He sees the little boy floating. And then the golden child sends the little red bird, the little resurrected bird from the from the beginning. And the little bird comes through. And then the golden child disappears. And then the bird is on the on the branch. And he's like, little bird, um, where'd you just come from, little bird? <laughs> the bird is key. I'm, I'm telling you, okay? <laughs> All right. So then Chandler gets a phone call about a tip for where Cheryl's kidnappers were are are, are located. Uh, he's told she was with the Yellow Dragon biker gang in Pacoima. He and Chandler follow the biker gang to their hideout. Uh, uh, they're followed by the Red Bird. Okay, in the car, Chandler. Okay, all you Red Pill goofball niggas. Um, so Chandler tells Key, stay in the car. Okay, if anything happens, leave. Soon as Chandler leaves, what does woman do? I say, uh, when you tell a woman to do something and then you leave, what she do? The exact goddamn opposite of what you told her to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Eddie. <laughs> are you laughing? You're one of those type, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, here she go. And so, uh, Eddie goes into the, to the hideout. He gets caught. Here comes Key. Of course, you know, she's whooping some ass. She rescues Eddie. Eddie gets to whooping some ass. And then after he beats up one of the biker gangs, he asks her, yo, why did y'all kill her or whatever? Kate, where did where'd you sell her to? He says they sold her to Tommy Tong because he had a deal with the devil and needed her blood. So back in the car, Chandler tells Key, no, no, before, before they get to the car, after they knock him out and get the information, he's like, hey, didn't I tell you to stay in the car? He said, this is man shit. This man thing is going on out here. You could get hurt. That's why I told you to stay in the car. <laughs> She's like, okay. <laughs> Red pill niggas, y'all listening? <laughs> All right. 
All right. So then Chandler goes to Tommy Tong's restaurant looking for Tommy Tong. <laughs> uh, Tommy Tong is played by Peter Kwong. And if you see Tom, uh, you will know his face. All my old heads. Y'all remember Big, Tru- Big Trouble in Little China? He's one of the three henchmen. Uh, he was actually, I believe, the lightning guy. He was the lightning guy, if I remember correctly. That is Peter Kwong, a.k.a. Tommy Tong in this movie. Okay, so then Eddie chases after. They chase after Tommy. They lose Tommy in the alley. Here comes this little rat. This rat shapeshifts into Sardo. Sardo cuts him with his own blade. Shapeshifts back into the rat and then leaves. Eddie comes around the corner and see Tommy's face is slashed in. She's looking at him like, he's like, I didn't do it. And she's like, look, just looking at him. And he's like, you don't believe me? And she's like, no, it was, I didn't do it. So she thinks he killed Tommy. All right. So then Tong escapes. So then Key tells Chandler they're up against demons. Uh, Sardo returns back to the warehouse to commune with the devil. So the devil wants to know why the child's still alive. And not to under, uh, underestimate the power of good, nor the strength of the child. The devil tells Sardo to get the Ajanti dagger to kill the child and use the child as a bargaining chip to obtain the dagger. The voice of the devil was played by none other. Uh, oh, heads once again, Inspector Gadget, uh, the claw. He, that's the voice. That's that same guy. All right. Just a little fun fact for you guys. Okay. Sardo astral projects uh, Chandler into another, uh, another reality. It's a TV game show. Chandler thinks it's a dream. Okay. This is called dream transfusion. All right. Sardo, Sardo offers to tell, he tells Chandler, look, he'll trade the child for the dagger. And then, of course, Chandler's like, I don't believe this is real. He, he begins to cut his arm down the forearm that long way with his fingernail. Uh, the, the crowd is laughing. So then he further attempts to corrupt Chandler by having him see a tied up uh, key name in, 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 in a nightgown, well, not a nightgown, but like a bikini top. And she's tied up with toilet paper. And he's like, okay, what are you doing here? And she's like, it's your dream. So then all of a sudden, Ki Nang starts getting all real flirty and sexual with them. Right? So then in comes Fu and Till. They try to beat him up. Then he wakes up and sees a scar on his forearm. Chandler, Ki, and Dr. Han go back to report his uh, dream to Kala. Kala reveals to the name of the demon and the history of the Ajanti dagger. It was brought into this world to kill the golden child. Kala tells Chandler to get the knife to lure Sardo out of the, the, the open, but must never give him the knife. Okay. Chandler uh, and Key go to Tibet to return to, to retrieve the dagger. Key explains dream transmission. Part of the dream was real. Part of it was fake. Okay. So now they're moving the golden child to another location. He's down to his last bay leaf. Okay. The red bird shows up, uh, shows Chandler where to go. Mind you, the, the red bird shows up in fucking Tibet. So this is not a, 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 an average bird. This is a special bird. Okay. This bird can travel from, the, from LA to Tibet. Okay. <laughs> so then Chandler meets an old vagabond who turns out to be Key's father. Uh, he puts him to a couple of tests, takes a hundred dollar bill from him. Key and Chandler arrive at the temple. This is the most classic scene of all movies. Everybody, everybody knows this motherfucking scene. They're at the temple, and they ask for the cross dagger of Ajanti. 
she's like, well, we come here for the dagger. Please look at the dagger. He's like, I want him to ask me. Right. So Chandler's like, they want you to ask for a knife. And then he, you know, because you had to turn the turnstile. So he says, I, 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 I want the knife. Everybody remembers this scene. Everybody. This is Eddie fucking Murphy. Greatest comedian ever. All time. All time. All time. Okay. So then Key's father tells Chandler, uh, only a man whose heart is pure can wield the knife. Chandler has to walk across the corridor with a glass of water without spilling it. And that his heart must be as pure as the water. So the first trial, he has to walk across a bunch of uh, columns and a, a rickety bridge. As he gets across the bridge, the bridge explodes in a ball of fire. Right. The last trial. OK, so the dagger is in behind a wall of flames. He reaches in and try to get the, the, the dagger. The flames increase. So then he remembers the, the heart must be as pure as the water. He drinks the water. The flames are extinguished. He reaches in and grabs the knife and he tells them to turn the lights on classic eddie murphy okay okay so then chandler asks uh monty which is key's father the, the vagabond he says uh the process in, in professing his love and wanting to marry key red pill niggas listen up so he tells him he says you you, you must make a promise to someone who you have just met you must remain pure as in being celibate you must trust someone who has no reason to trust you and love someone who loves him in return. Okay. Then Key meets with, sits down with her father and she, she says to her father, I have ruined myself for the American. She says he's a fool. He says he's brave. She says he's irresponsible. He says he's generous. She says he thinks of nothing but pro pro uh, protecting his own feelings. He says if you touch his heart, there's nothing he wouldn't do for you. She says he believes in nothing. And he says, but he still does what is right. Then Monty says, magnificent Americans, so much power and so little understanding what to do with it. This is a movie with a black man looking for a goddamn special child. Okay? It's just layers to this shit, y'all. Layers to it, okay? So then, Monty tells Key she must help him save the golden child and follow her heart. And he gives her blessing. He gives her his blessing to marry him. Red Pill niggas, pay attention. <laughs> so Key and Chandler, uh, they're going through customs and Catman do. And he's like, look, I can't go through, the, through here with this knife. They're going to arrest me and impound the knife. He's like, you're the golden. I mean, you're the chosen one. You can figure it out. So what he does is he puts the knife. He sees a, a, a white American. Okay. He says, oh, my God, I'm so glad to see another American. He puts the knife in his, in his pocket. <laughs> so as the white man goes through the, <laughs> the metal detector, it, it goes off. And then Eddie Murphy tackles him. He's like, ah, aha, I caught you. <laughs> I caught you. I, and then he says, he says, uh, he pulls out a fake badge. He's like, don't have to worry. I'm I'm an agent from the Stolen Artifacts Foundation. And and <laughs> and he said, everybody, I, I got it. And he takes the knife, right? <laughs> he says, it was funny. And then he starts thanking the, the Catman do uh, officer. He's like, you did a good job. You did a great job. He says, fabulous training. I can see where to get all this, this skill set from you. And, and the, the awareness and the sharpness. And he had these dumb, the dumbest looks. On their fucking faces. Oh, God. 
Okay, so on re on returning to LAX, Sardo Noomspaz waiting with the cops. He told the cops that Eddie has stolen stolen a, a an artifact from him. Okay, so then there's another classic scene. This is what it this Cameron song. Okay, so then Chandler, you know, he goes up to the Sardo. He's like, "Oh my God, brother, brother Noomse, I I have transgressed. I please forgive me, brother Noomse." <laughs> Please forget I have <laughs> I have offended thee. Okay, so then Sardo's like, you know, you're not gonna get away with this. And he and he tells Sardo, said, look, man, if you pursue this, these cops are gonna arrest me and they're gonna take that jagger and they're gonna sit in the impound, and I'm gonna sit in jail for about three to four months, and I'm gonna go to trial and it's another six months to a year. Uh, you don't want to go through all this. Okay, so then Sardo backs off, and then Eddie says, uh, 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 "Good news, everybody! My brother Noomsi has forgiven me, brother Noomsi." <laughs> that is where the line from the Cameron song, "God damn it, home, brother Noomsi." That's where he got that shit. Eddie Murphy, the greatest. Okay, <laughs> so then Sardo tells Chandler to bring the knife, and he'll bring the boy. Okay, so now the boy is at the new compound. Okay. So then the night before the exchange, okay, me is wearing a, a t-shirt, right? Because in the beginning, uh, Chandler kept offering Nee to come upstairs to his apartment. She kept rebuffing him. So now she's like, are you not coming to bed? And he's like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to sit here and wait. I'm going to stay up and guard this knife. She, she offered herself to him. He remembered he had to be to, to keep his promise to Monty, her father. He must remain pure as in being celibate. Okay. So then Sardo's men attacks the compound. Few until they get into the huge scrap. It's a big fight. Um, Sardo picks up a, a, a bow gun. A crossbow, rather. I'm sorry. A crossbow. Uh, Key starts doing a bunch of backflips because he knows he's, he's about to shoot him. And then he shoots the, the arrow. And Key gets shot in the back. She dies. Okay? She dies. And before she dies... She was like, I didn't offer myself as an obligation to you. I offer myself to you because I love you. Ugh. And I was like, oh, shit, that's so fucked up. <laughs> so she dies in Eddie's arms. Eddie takes a body to Kala. So then Kala says, um, well, there's a chance you can still save her. You know, you got to save the golden child. He can resurrect her as long as sunlight touches her body. So then Eddie's like pissed. He's like, I said, no more magic. No more riddles. So he goes and angrily removes the silhouette that's hiding Kala. And then Kala is finally revealed. This long-ass tongue. She's half woman, half snake with two tails. She hisses and rattles. Goddamn. Uh, as a kid, seeing that shit fucked me up. That That's why I probably never dated an Asian woman because of that scene right there. I know that's fucked up, but whatever. Okay, so then... Back at the new location... Uh, the golden child resurrects a butterfly for Till, and then Till gets too close to the golden child. So now Till, Randall Tex Cobb's character, is now under the influence of the golden child. Uh, Till knocks the blood oatmeal over. The red bird shows up again, shows Chandler where the hideout is. Chandler goes to the hideout. Chandler enters the compound. Him and Fu engage into a fight. Uh, and Fu ends up hanging himself with his own uh, link chain. Another henchman is about to shoot Chandler in the back with the bow gun. Till comes in behind and snaps the henchman's neck. 
Tilt takes uh, Chandler to where the Golden Child is, re- is, is being held. They free the Golden Child. Sardo shows up, transforming to his true true self. Is basically he's a demon at the end of the day. And they chase Chandler and the Golden Child. There's a car chase. Um, Sardo is you know flying, chasing the car. They go to a silo of some sorts. Another battle ensues. And in, in, in the wake of Sardo kind of hitting the, the concrete and everything, concrete falls on top of Sardo. Okay, so then Chandler and, and, and the Golden Child, they, they hop till it out of there, right? So then they go back to Kalos, Dr. Hong's place, to resurrect um, Key while they still have sunlight. Because if they don't do about the time before the sunlight falls, she, she she's dead for good. So then right before the Golden Child about to touch her foot, up pops Sardo, and he's still kind of injured because of the, the concrete, you know, whatever. They're fighting. Uh, Eddie's getting his ass whooped, and then the knife falls out, and then Sardo reaches for the knife. The Golden Child uses telepathy to move the knife, give it to Eddie. The Golden Child creates an energy barrier, an energy barrier, and then all of a sudden, here comes Eddie with the knife, stabs Sardo in the heart, and he explodes. Right? He explodes, and then there's a beam of sunlight beaming on Key's toe. He touches her toe, resurrects Key, uh, uh, it's a happy ending. So then, uh, of course, whatever, fast forward, you see uh, Key and Chandler and the Golden Child. And the, she's going to take him back to Tibet. She'll be back in two weeks. And then the jokes ensue. And then, like I said, it's a happy, happy, happy ending. Uh, that was 1986. Uh, Eddie Murphy's The Golden Child. God damn it. Get off my back. I finally fucking done, done the movie breakdown. I hope you're happy now. What did I say, 90 minutes? Was that an hour and a half? Yo, so yeah, that that was, uh, oh shit, my man, my man, Truth Teller. Thank you, bro. Shit. Oh, we got a caller. Caller, what's going on? Yes, sir, you're on the line. Hello? My man, talk to me. Movie, man, you left this one part out. What was that? Why did that woman think Eddie Murphy was going to eat that damn squid out of the newspaper? She's trying to offer him on the plane. That's right. You stupid for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> True and T. True and T. <laughs> 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 no, man, I, I ain't got much, man. Like, just, man, like I said, Oh yeah. Uh, you know what y'all eating? Yeah. yeah. like a little couple little restaurants they have where they tell human flesh and stuff. So y'all, y'all be careful. They actually I think they showed one on um the food network like years ago. But they wasn't showing human flesh no shit like that. But it was just like a restaurant when you walk in and it's like pretty much pitch black dark and you don't know what you're eating, you gotta use your senses. Oh shit. That's and crazy. You gotta be some kind of special yeah, you gotta be some kind of special off your rock and eat a place like that when you can't see what you eat. Yeah. And just pretty much, I want to tell my people in California, pack y'all shit, get the fuck out of California while y'all can. So they about to invade, y'all gonna have a problem. Yeah, it, it, it's it's go time in Cali. You ain't lying. Yeah, and then also too, what people don't realize, Gavin Newsom just signed that bill, was it, last Friday that nobody talked about. 
the red the actual red flag law is so it's so broad now. It's to a point now they can just say you crazy. They taking all your guns. Yeah. And before you meet, before you even get a chance to even appeal, they gonna run you through the ringer. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's all I got, man. I just want to call and show my support, man. My man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Yo, uh, that yeah, that's what I appreciate. That thank you, guys. Uh, uh, super chats. Oh, face faces by pureness. Thank you for the super chat, dear. Another call on the line. Caller, what's happening? Big dog. I, I listen. I know. Who, I know who you are. You have to tell me. You can't tell me. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I just caught the, the, um, the, the, the tail end of the show, man. No, nah, it's all good. How, how you been? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I had to go, had to go in the room and show my brother some support, show him some love. As always, I appreciate it. I'm always humble. I'm humble. I'm humble when I stand next to you, brother. Thank you. Yes, sir. Hey, you know, another thing. So, you know, what movie you should do a breakdown of, man. What's that? Um, you, you ever watched, uh, what's this, what's this movie? Um, That's a good point. the Suge Knight of the Inquisitors. That's that he's the goon squad. God damn it. He's the goon squad. <laughs> yes, sir. Peace. That's right. That's right. Inquisitors. We got a, We got we a gang now. So, uh, yeah. Um, last little bit before I get off here real quick. This Errol Spence thing is really it's really irking my nerves. OK, listen, Errol Spence that we knew is no more. If you firmly believe this man survived being ejected from his car with merely a broken teeth and lacerations, uh, Friday child, thank you, hun, for the uh, the super chat. Appreciate it. You, 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 you just, I mean, what the hell you been? I mean, I hope you're in the kitchen cooking for your man. All right. Okay. Getting back to this Errol Spence thing. Listen, Errol Spence that we knew, no, is no more. This new Errol Spence. All of a sudden is, is a drunkard and the, the tweet that he put out all of a sudden got deleted. Um, it, it's a wrap, y'all. D- listen, I don't care about if he fights Pacquiao. I don't even care if he fights uh, Terrence Crawford at this point. This ain't uh, the old er- Errol Spence. This is the new compliant Errol Spence. And if you want to ask me, well, well, Sly, well, okay, then if that's the case, then who we need to put the finger at? I'm going to tell you who to point the finger at. It's called His name is Al Heyman. Okay, Al Heyman runs boxing. It used to be Bob Arum. 
It used to be Bob Arum. It's now Al Heyman. Al Heyman is a nigga from Cleveland. Cleveland niggas stick together. Uh, case in point, I had dealings with, uh, what, what's the dude name? Gervonta, not Gervonta's manager. I don't know. Big six foot nigga. He's a manager. He manages one of, the, one of them boxing boys. They all from Cleveland. Cleveland niggas stick together, which I, I ain't mad at. But no, Errol Spence is no more. Uh, stop at this point. Like, it, I, I don't mean to sound crass to people, but um, people get replaced all the goddamn time. Okay. Your key uh, signs are uh, rehab, jail, hospital okay rehab jail hospital okay um any one of those three places it's a it's a done deal okay so when they have uh exhaustion they have to go to the hospital for exhaustion when have you ever heard of a motherfucker need to go to the hospital for exhaustion what the fuck is that my daddy works 70 hours a week he ain't never went to the hospital for exhaustion okay so um it, it is what it is let let it go, y'all. This arrow spent about to bring out in front of y'all. This is the compliant version, and now they're gonna put the drunk uh sticker on them, which is nonsense. And then um, I think that's pretty much it on my end. I'm I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh super cogent. Thank you for the uh the super chat, brother. Appreciate it. I, I hope everybody got some out of these movie breakdowns. I'm doing this because um it seems to me that you guys like this format better as opposed to me just reading articles and shit. So I'm gonna keep doing this way unless i get a mass influx of y'all saying we don't want it to, we, we want something to change so as long as you guys want it i will continue to give you guys uh the movie breakdowns and uh, we're going to keep it that way i think i think this works for everybody um i give you the breadcrumbs you guys just do the rest you know i'm just pointing things out to you and you gotta you guys put in the work so with that being said i'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of here wrap this up say goodbye cookie All right, y'all have a good night. Peace. Cool. Oh, that, no, well, no, no. I, 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 yeah. And yeah, and to talk, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I already did a review on it, so maybe later on I'll I'll get into the the nuances of it. But you know, I didn't want to spoil it for you. I was waiting for you to go see it. <laughs> oh, how, how how'd you like it? Okay. Yeah. 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 Right, right, right. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, right on, right on. It, it would, it would be nice. Yeah, this is true. This is true.
Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> Sick day. I appreciate that. I'm going to take that. All right, cool. Have a good night. Yes, sir. Yep. Peace. Yo, yeah. What you laughing at? What's so funny? The red room, the red room is right around it. You saw the red room, right? The red room, the living room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they miss it. So one of these days, I got to do another show from there, which is, I don't know how I'm going to do that without being interrupted. We'll, we'll figure it out. So the red room is literally like right there. Pew, pew, pew. Um, yo, uh, Foot Bear, yeah, I've done American Gods. Uh, I, it's been done to death, honestly. No, 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 no offense. I've done it. I already did, I did that shit the last season. Where it was pretty much we all knew it, it was that was the boy, the boy's son. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with that being said, I'm gonna get out of here. Uh, thank everybody for hanging out. Um, Friday, I ain't seen you in a good minute. It's good to see you. I missed you. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I, I'm not saying I'm not saying Spence was MK. I'm just saying that whatever they didn't he didn't want to do this ver this new version is going to do it. So watch all the sucker shit that they have Spence doing moving forward. So it you know it is what it is. Big B, thank you, bro. Uh, Big B is a great movie review off subject. What do you think about this barbershop BS? I joined all the shows, especially the cult talk thing. Yeah, nah. um, I, I honestly I don't. I, I don't listen the whole. LeBron, NBA, China shit. Um, China basically, you know, Nike, it's Nike, China. Nike, China runs the NBA. So you talk about corporations and 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 and, and then you get to sports. I mean, basically, their names and images are owned by the NBA. And, you know, China owns a huge portion of that. So, you know, you're, you're, the, the biggest outfitter is, is pretty much Nike for the NBA. They have a... A huge contract with them so yeah yeah players got to acquiesce this is what happens when you you let players talk about politics which they shouldn't here's my thing um if i pay this i just want to see you run and jump that's it listen i only go to sports sporting events to see niggas run and jump that's it i don't care about your political uh affiliations i don't care about what you what you think this side is. i don't i don't even care what you think about police brutality i nigga i just want you to see you run and jump I just want you to physically do what I cannot do. That's it. Run, jump, nigga. Run, jump, skip. Do nigga shit. Run, jump. That's what you're good at. That is your place in life. I just need you to do that. I don't want to hear about what you think about Trump and, and Elizabeth Warren. I don't want to hear none of that shit. So that, that's, that's it. So the rest of, 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 of the dummies give a fuck about that shit. So it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, with that being said, let me get out of here. I, I got to go get some Chipotle. Chipotle, right? We're doing Chipotle? Yeah. <sighs> All right. Did I give you permission to talk? Listen, see Boogie out here to dismiss. Listen, oh, hold up. I couldn't let this. I couldn't let see Boogie one up me. See Boogie. He out here dis dismiss. He told her dismiss. I tell you what, I don't know what I gotta do something. 
um, just be just be over there, be quiet. I'm just playing. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just playing. For real, I'm just playing. All right. Yes, it can. No, it can't. Um, that's Madam Cindy. That's fucked up. <laughs> that is so fucked up. If you only knew, bruh. If you only fucking knew. <laughs> With that being said, I'm out of y'all. Have a good night. Peace. What you mean cameras don't stay on all the time? What you talking about? Oh, you just got a thing, so. What? Oh, yo. Oh, shit. <laughs> No, I didn't because I, I was, was gonna set your ass up. I was gonna set you up. Oh, shame. That's my nigga right there. That's my nigga. Let me get the trick. Oh, shame. Salute, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. Get some sleep, man, because I know it's late over there, bro. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cindy gonna give you an Ike Turner beat. Hey, yo, listen. Hey, Cindy. Hey, Cindy. Listen. Cindy be listening. Uh, She be listening to fucking um, Battle Rap, right? Cindy be like, she like, this what Brooklyn do. Every time I look at you, I want to put a fist knife foot or a, <laughs> what do you say? I want to put a fist knife bullet or a foot in you. <laughs> Cindy be over here quoting Mav Hoffa. <laughs> Cindy, Cindy be quoting Mav Hoffa. <laughs> she be over here reciting Mav Hoffa lines and shit. Hoffa. <laughs> Finally, daddy's spending time with me. <laughs> hey, I thought it was funny. They thought it was funny too. Nah, but for real, I'm out of here. Yeah, oh shit, that, that's, that's the slave driver, Cindy. That's the one that be slide, 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 slide. And the fingernails be clicking and shit on, on the phone. So, if, yeah. What's up? Okay. Y'all enjoy your night. Love and light. Peace. Okay, now nah, I ended it. Now you can fuck shit.